0: Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Thursday, March
1: 23rd. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut.
0: And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Nicoletta Papavasilakis. And I'm Leah Mallory. Now let's see what's what in the tri-state area. A new bill is cracking down even more on illegal pot shops in New York. This week, Governor Kathy Hochul proposed new legislation that would give the
1: OCM, the Office of Cannabis Management, and other authorities more power to stop illegal cannabis activity.
0: The OCM would be able to conduct investigations into businesses where cannabis is sold or processed. This would include seeking orders of closure to shut down these unlicensed establishments. The bill
1: would also strengthen the severity of the charge for cannabis tax evasion, allow warrantless searches of businesses selling cannabis, and increase fines for violations.
0: The legislation comes after increased concerns of how unlicensed cannabis businesses are undermining legal cannabis establishments and the legal market.
1: Mayor Adams is coming up with a plan to expand the Harlem River Greenway with a new
0: waterfront path. The route would stretch seven miles, connecting Van Cortlandt Park in the Bronx to Randall's Island.
1: Mayor Adams says the expansion would reconnect communities that are divided by
0: highways. The Major Deegan Expressway has separated Bronx residents from the Harlem River waterfront since the 1930s, but the new path would restore this access for bikers and pedestrians.
1: The Adams administration is partnering with the Department of Transportation for the new project. They are hosting a series of online workshops where residents can give their input in the design plan.
0: These workshops will start next month on April 18th.
1: New legislation proposes the renaming of the Donald J. Trump State Park across Westchester and Putnam County.
0: Assemblywoman Dana Levenberg is the lead sponsor of the bill. She says that visitation rates have been lower and the park is being neglected because of its association with the former president. Do you consider yourself a failure? Well, New York has just the place for you.
1: In Sunset Park, New Yorkers can visit the newly opened Museum of Failure, an exhibit that celebrates failed products and services from around the world.
0: Dr. Samuel West, a Swedish psychologist and innovation researcher, is responsible for curating the collection and wanted to communicate the importance of accepting failure.
1: The museum will be open through May, and for more information, you can visit museumoffailure.com.
0: Bryson Tiller is back and better.
1: After a six-year hiatus, the Billboard-charting R&B singer announced that he'll be hitting the stage in 25 cities for his I'm Back and I'm Better tour.
0: The tour kicks off on May 4th. He'll make a stop in New York at Manhattan Center Hammerstein Ballroom on May 20th.
1: General tickets go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. on Ticketmaster.
0: March Madness is getting madder with Sweet Sixteen.
1: Tonight and tomorrow, the final 16 teams will compete against each other in the third round for a spot among the Elite Eight.
0: The National College Basketball Tournament features 68 Division I teams. And as it nears its end, everyone wants the championship title. To watch the games, you can go to the NCAA website. And for some fun entertainment history, on this day in 1990... Pretty Woman, the romantic comedy starring Julia Roberts, debuted in U.S. theaters.
1: Also on this day in 2002, Eminem became the first rapper to win an Oscar for his song Lose Yourself from his semi-biographical film Eight Mile. The track would win Best Original Song.
0: Willa Kim was a groundbreaking costume designer for Broadway, opera, ballet, film, and television. She died in 2016 but her memory lives on in her innovative outfits that changed the way we dress bodies in motion on stage.
1: Now, the New York Public Library for the Performing Arts is celebrating Willa's legacy with an exhibition featuring her sketches, costumes, and, of course, stories. WFEV's Megan Oftermat has more.
2: It isn't immediately obvious what Broadway shows Victor Victoria, Danson, and Will Rogers' follies have in common.
1: Victoria's also known as Victor, making it tricky.
2: But the minute you set eyes on the costumes, it becomes clear.
1: You know, there's the shows that I think of as Willa Kim shows, like Victor Victoria and Danson and Will Rogers Follies.
2: That's Doug Reeside. He's the curator of the Billy Rose Theater Division at the New York Public Library for the Performing Arts, the home of the wondrous Willa Kim exhibit. Willa was a
3: beautiful artist, so she could draw very evocative sketches, which are by themselves absolutely beautiful.
2: And that's Bobby Owen, the curator of the exhibit. Owen is also a recently retired professor emerita from the Department of Dramatic Art at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill.
3: Her career really began in the 1960s, the early 1960s. But in 1981, she won a Tony Award for Sophisticated Ladies, and the
2: 1980s and 90s really belonged to her. Willa Kim was born and raised in California, where she began her career as a painter. Eventually, she began assisting costume designers Barbara Karinska and Raoul Dubois. She followed them to New York and, as Doug Reside explains it, wound up playing a role in designing some of Broadway's most memorable productions.
1: She was the assistant on the original production of The Music Man. And there's drafts in her collection that suggest that Marianne the Librarian's uh, costume was at least very heavily influenced by her initial sketches and research, too.
2: Eventually, Willa Kim would alter the artistic landscape with her own creations. With a production of
3: Wis, which was a dance production in 1971, was the first use of painted spandex on a dancer's body. It's Willa Kim who brought that use to the theater.
2: She didn't just change how we use fabric in productions.
3: Her practice was always to watch a dancer move before she would design the costumes for it. She changed how we think about fabric in motion. She was very gifted at not constraining movement, but rather enhancing movement. That marriage, if you will, of fabric to body, of color to fabric, is something that she was especially skilled at and known for.
2: That relationship between performer and costume was something Kim could see long before the production hit the stage.
3: So Willa
2: would just be doing sketches. She would be trying to catch the movement of the dancers. And that's something visitors to the exhibit will have the chance to witness firsthand by looking at Kim's archives.
3: I think there's a script page from Legs Diamond where she's reading the script page and she's doodling in the margins. So you can see the costume ideas start to come as she's reading that written word.
2: And it isn't just her sketches and notes people will have access to.
3: So you get to see her original design in many cases, a photograph of it on an individual, and then the costume.
2: There's even a wall of textiles curated to honor Kim's unique use of fabric.
3: You know, Willa never used a piece of fabric that came straight out of the fabric store. It always had to be dyed, or it had to be distressed, or it had to be beaded, or it had to be painted, or it had to be manipulated in some way or other.
2: And they'll have her less conventional costumes on display as well, including an outfit she created for a Super Bowl commercial back in the 1980s.
3: There's a salad costume. It is pasta salad. You will just find it rather amazing. California
2: wine. Regina can dress up the taste of any salad. Pasta dressed in Regina red wine vinegar. with lime. Regina Wine vinegars, what the best-dressed salads are wearing. The exhibit paints a portrait of a woman who created a canon of work that changed the world of costume design. And it amplifies her dedication to her craft, which she continued well into her last decade alive. In her 90s,
3: right, she would often wonder why people weren't calling her up to ask her to do more work because she was so anxious and ready to do that.
2: Visitors will have the opportunity to browse the Kim archives until August of this year. It's a rare opportunity to shine a spotlight on someone who wasn't necessarily center stage, but who theater simply wouldn't be the same without.
3: So the exhibition in some ways is also a tribute to all of those makers who work in New York
0: City.
2: With WFUV News, I'm Megan Oftermatt.
0: That was WFUV's Megan Oftermatt talking about the wondrous Willa Kim exhibit at the New York Public Library for the Performing Arts from now through August 19th. For more information, visit nypl.org. And that's our show for today. I'm Leah Mallory. And I'm Nicoletta Papavasilakis.
1: Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports.
0: And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.